Welcome to the Make You Famous podcast, where host Jeffrey Goldsmith talks with guests about fame and how to achieve it. I'm your host, Jeffrey Goldsmith, and check out the book at makeyoufamous.co. You have a podcast around the world of Bitcoin that has accelerated to 50,000 followers, and it's probably even gone up since then. Uh, well, we started the show, Jeff, about... When did we start the show? We started the show on, on July 18th. We decided to do the show on July 16th. We, I was chatting with Joel Kahn, my co-host on the show, and I was like, you know... Him and I were having conversations almost every day about what was going on in cryptocurrency and blockchain. Yep, and yep. it was just interesting. And I was like, and, and then we just had a long conversation. And then, I, and then after we were done, I was like, dude, so how long until we have the Joel and Travis crypto show? And he was like, oh my God, hold on. And then he like, we, we, we jumped on the phone again. He's like, we should totally do that. Let's do it. And so like within an hour later, we recorded the first episode and then we did all the branding. And then within two days, within, within 48 hours, we had our first uh, show live right. and within 72 hours of the idea we had had our first thousand listeners <laughs> right, right. And, and this is a lesson to everybody that is act on your instincts try stuff experiment and from that great things will happen if you just keep yeah going. and we just kept going and then we've gotten lots of love and we build up communities in different places and we're now closing in on a million downloads within the first five months of the show yeah it's amazing and and tell me about it, Travis. I mean, the purpose of my podcast is really to talk about how people become famous. Fame as marketing tool, not fame as, oh, I want to be a celebrity. Tell us about your career You uh, in New York City and outer space and elsewhere. I'm in Kansas City now. This is Kansas City. Oh, it's Kansas City. It's gorgeous. Uh, you know, I, I would say this. You know what? It's like, I think in a lot of ways, school beats the love of learning out of people. I never let the love of learning get beaten out of me. So I've always been able to remain curious and want to figure out how things work. Right. And so if I, so that's kind of what I've always done. There's a quote by Wayne Gretzky that said, gate where the puck is headed, not where the puck is right now. Because right. if you're headed where the puck is right now, by the time you get there, that puck's going to be gone. So you kind of want to go where the puck's headed. And so I've always worked on whatever projects that I've been working on, but then I always kind of keep an eye on the emerging technologies to see what's happening so I can figure those out and then help everyone else understand how those work. So I did that with SEO before SEO was even a thing. I figured out, hey, if we you know, start, uh, if, if you have KansasCityPlumber.com, people are going to try to find you because right. they're not looking for Jimmy Joe's plumbing. They just know they got their toilet clogged and they need a solution, right? right. And so then like paid search started happening whenever Overture popped up and then uh, go to and then you know how that was all sort of set up with the paid search originally before Google AdWords even was around and you could get clicks for like less than a penny and I was like oh my god people are this is great and then you know mobile marketing and social mar media marketing and, and then I wanted then while I was at Semantic I got a job at Semantic as the global digital strategist there and I started seeing how all these marketing technologies were sort of in their own little silos and different organizations were using certain tools, but they weren't really stacked together. And so I wanted to figure out how the marketing technology stacks were working. So over the next five years, I really be, you know, evolved into a marketing technologist and I demoed probably 15, 1600 different marketing technologies, understood how they all work, understand all the different categories of tool for the most part. And so, you know, just really learning and figuring things out and then, you know, now as a marketing technologist, once you understand blockchain and what's happening next, 
a lot of people will talk about AI and machine learning and AR and VR and 5G's coming and chatbots. And that's some of the things that a lot of people in marketing are really loving. To me, blockchain was the biggest uh, breakthrough in technology that I've seen since the creation of the internet. So to me, I said, I'm going to start focusing there over time. And I have, and then we decided to launch the podcast, which is the Bad Crypto Podcast with Joel Com and myself. And we talk about uh, blockchain and cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and altcoins and all that other stuff. Yeah, I started listening to the one from just a couple of days ago. It's like, it's going insane. <laughs> it's insane. There's crypto kitties out now. Did oh, you hear that one? No. That is the funniest one we've ever done. It's just, We're talking about these new crypto kitties that's on the Ethereum network that people are paying ridiculous amounts of money for, like these digital beanie baby things. And we just couldn't stop laughing during the show. It is, it is, one, it is a golden episode of just pure ridiculousness. Is Bitcoin coin going to crash? You know, no one really knows that particular question. It could. I mean, my, my, it could be the MySpace of cryptocurrencies, potentially. What's going to be the Facebook of cryptocurrency? Digital money's not going away. Not, not when, when everybody has one of these within, within three feet of them at all times. Why do I want to go drive to the bank and then wait in line at the bank and then drive home from the bank and just waste 40 minutes of my day? when I could literally send you Bitcoin and you, and you could receive it within 10 seconds. Well, probably not, not Bitcoin. I could send you Litecoin and you'd get it in 10 seconds. Or I could send you, you know, Ripple or Lumens and you get them in less than 10 seconds. Bitcoin's a little bit longer because there's so much, so many in the queue right now and so many uh, transactions happening. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun space. Is it going to crash all the way? I don't think so. I, I'm really bullish on it because I'm not bullish on fiat currency. Fiat currency, in my mind, I've, I've known this for nearly 20 years, that I think the Federal Reserve is probably the biggest scam in the history of the world because they create money out of thin air. The central banking policy has been a bane on human civilization for centuries. Every time that it gets you know, created as a central banker where there's one monetary policy owner who controls the currency... Power, power, and greed always sort of take over. Then you get these oligarchy, and you get these these politicians and power people, these elite that control everything because they print the money, they own the money. Then they buy the politicians, then they buy the media, then they buy all this other stuff. And when you're dealing with cryptocurrency, it's a decentralized thing. There is no Bitcoin headquarters. You can't go to Bitcoin HQ and go talk to the president of Bitcoin because that doesn't exist. It's all distributed on all the computers around the world of those nodes who people who are having the Bitcoin mining software. And so there's no owner. You can't shut it down. You can't control it. There's a small amount of them. There's only 21 million ever. Four million haven't been mined. They estimate four million of them are lost. Satoshi Nakamoto, the founder of them, probably has nearly a million of them, right? Mm -hmm. And most people don't want to sell them. So in the marketplace, we have these very few Bitcoins that people keep pouring money into, wanting to buy them, and there's not a lot of supply. And since there will never be more than 21 million, the price will only go up because more money keeps pouring into crypto. Jeff, on, on Thanksgiving Day, the market cap for cryptocurrency was $250 billion, billion. Today, it's $400 billion, to almost $420 billion. And it's been like, like two weeks since Thanksgiving? Yeah, this could be, I don't know if you, if you remember, but there was a crash in the late 90s of the Thai bot. And that set off a chain reaction in Southeast Asia that 
eventually ended up in a small crash, not a big one. And this was in, I think it was, must have been 97. Mm -hmm. I think something like that's going to happen. You think the uh, Bitcoin is going to crash? I think that there's going to be a hiccup. And um, because... I don't, know that, I don't know that much money could be pulled out of crypto that quickly. I think the only thing, if we see a crash of Bitcoin, it's because uh, those coins will go into those other alternative currencies. They won't be pulled out because it's not that easy to pull the money out. Like, mm -hmm. so once it's in, I mean, unless you have a debit card or, you know, it's connected to your bank account, there's withdrawal limits there. You can put money in, but you're not able to take as much out as you just put in. Like you can't put in a million and then take out 2 million on the same day. That's not going to happen. Well, so I think if it does, if it does crash, you know, here's the deal. I, I think, I think the, eventually the, the U S dollar is going to crash. There's a book called the everything bubble. Now we saw what happened with the tech bubble in 2000. And then we saw what happened in 2008 with the housing bubble. Mm -hmm. Well, Bernanke and Greenspan basically have then created afterwards, they created this ultimate bubble that um, this dude called the, the everything bubble. It's on Amazon. I don't remember the author, but the dude's uh, head of this research company. And now they have all the treasury bonds, notes, and bills, plus the stock market, plus the housing bubble, all into this one bubble. And what happens next is when the bubble starts going and starts teetering and then it starts popping, then the Fed will lower rates to negative interest rates, which right. is what happened in Cyprus and what's happened in these other countries yeah, when they've had these. Japan, Japan too. I mean, that's yeah, the most famous one. And it's going to cost you money to have your money in the bank. They're going to they're charge you interest to have money in their bank to protect your money. And they're going to confiscate certain. That's what they've done in every other country before. Once this bubble crashes, that's what's happened. So I think those who are in a little bit of cryptocurrency are going to hedge their bets a little bit and uh, be better off. And especially in this new world that we're, that we're entering, Jeff, with you know, 5G, everyone's going to have a 5G you know, connection, which is 30 gigabit connection to their phone, to mm -hmm. their fridge, to their computer, to their toothbrush, right? 5 gigabit connection, or 5G connection is crazy fast. And we all have smartphones and AI and machine learning and all this shit's taken over. Soon there's going to be this world of the haves and the have-nots way more than there is today because of automation and all this stuff, taking jobs away from people and truckers truckers, and all this automation. So those who have a little bit of cryptocurrency are going to hedge their bets a little bit and have a greater chance of being a have than a have not because digital money is clearly the next new normal. So, so it's like you don't have your, your VCR anymore and you probably don't have a rotary phone in your house and you probably don't carry around a smartphone or a phone the size of a backpack. I mean, you don't listen to eight tracks anymore, probably. The next new normal is digital money, and those who don't understand it are going to be sad that they didn't figure it out. So there is a chapter in my book about making predictions as a way to become famous. And you made this prediction. You don't even need to be 100% right. Well, what was my, what was my, uh, what's my prediction? Your prediction is that central currencies, fiat currencies are going to crash and that digital currencies are going to take over and that those digital currencies are going to become the new haves and have-nots. Mm -hmm. Am I going to be selling a house using, Bitcoin, using a virtual currency? Probably using Ethereum on a smart contract more than Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is more of a digital gold where it's a store of value. It's not as easily transferable because of the higher fees for, for the transactions now. So as I said, Bitcoin might be the MySpace, but my thumb is firmly on the pulse of, you know, which one's going to be the Facebook of cryptocurrency. Could it be Ethereum? I don't know. They're having a problem right now because of CryptoKitties. 
this new thing that's popped up mm-hmm. and it's taken up all this processing power on Ethereum. So maybe that's not it. Maybe it's EOS, it's EOS or maybe it's Lumens or Ripple or maybe it's some of these other ones, Archain. There's some other ones out there that are doing interesting stuff. NIM is another one doing interesting stuff. One of these is going to surface as the one that can that is scalable, that can handle all these transactions, and that'll be the one that we'll use most of the time. There'll be some that's a store value. Bitcoin will always probably be around. Uh, you know, there's only 21 million of them, and it's pretty valuable. And that's basically the world reserve currency for these alternate currencies. You have to have Bitcoin to buy these other coins. And so, you know, I don't know. You can buy some with Ethereum, but so, so eventually, I'll be able to sell my house using some kind of cryptocurrency, store that value, use that value to invest in Apple or Alibaba, watch that cryptocurrency go up in value on the stock market, use that value, leverage that to buy something else, and it's all going to be crypto. You're not going to be able to deal with banks. Everything of value will be tokenized, Jeff. Uh, there's already companies out there that are doing that, right? So if you have some gold or silver, or if you have Apple stock, or you have a home, then they're able to tokenize that and put that on the blockchain. So the most important part about this is not the cryptocurrency, it's the blockchain. Right. Right. Blockchain is-, is the most innovative technological advance in in decades. It was since TCPIP, probably. And, and Exactly. So And blockchain is essentially a universal ledger for everything. I would not say it's a universal ledger for everything because there's different blockchains. There's not one blockchain, right? There's multiple blockchains. You can have public blockchains. You can have an internal private blockchain. It's sort of like a database, right? But it's a public one that uh, is uh, transparent. So if I send you $10, the network would then see that my digits, my address sent another address $10. That means I can't send that same $10 to someone else, right? That, that number has been, it's not like an MP3 or a, or a, or a Word doc where I can just send it to anyone. Nice. And now they know that's happened. So then these anonymous you know, nodes on the network somewhere are now verifying that that transaction had happened, that that transaction broadcasted to the network. Once that's, once that, all those transactions go into this block, every 10 minutes, all those transactions go into the block. Once these transactions are solved, boom, like right now, 12.5 Bitcoin pop out as a reward for whoever solved that block. Now that block is now unchangeable. You can't edit it. You can't go Enron on it and start cooking the books and having two sets of books. There's one book and everybody can see it. That is what is going to give humanity some freedom from these centralized oppressors, right? Because it's like, they can't BS you. You need this in corporate governance. You need this in politics. You need blockchain in voting. You need blockchain in all these areas because we're complaining about the problem, but nobody's offering a solution. Oh, the Russians hacked the election. Okay, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But if we had voter IDs, nobody could hack it because we could all verify our vote on the blockchain and see that it's all real and legitimate, right? And so what your prediction is, everything is going to be tokenized. Yeah, potentially most everything will be tokenized in in some way on some blockchain. Somehow your house can be on on, and you can be like, "Hey, this is a, this is not a liquid asset." But by tokenizing your home, you'll be able to do that. There's already companies doing that, Jeff. There's a company called uh, La Token that is doing that. There's a company in China that's doing that. There's all kinds of these real estate. Proppy is one that's doing one in real estate. There are hundreds of industries that are going to be disrupted and optimized by the implementation of the blockchain technology, which has nothing to do with cryptocurrency. Cool. Well, Travis, I think our 15 minutes are up. We probably went to 2025. (laughs) 
great interview. Do, do you have any advice for people? I mean, you sort of touched on it. You know, school beats the desire to learn out of you. What advice do you have for other people who want to do something in the media space and they want to do a podcast, they want to do a talk show? How can they market themselves? Yeah, well, the thing is, man, the thing is, you just got to do it because, uh, you know, when people go, Travis, man, you got, you make these podcasts look so easy. You, I mean, like, I'm like, yeah, well, maybe I do now, but not, I, I kind of sucked at them in 2006 when I started doing them. You know what? But I did, I, I interviewed all kinds of authors on this website I had called Cultivate Greatness. I interviewed all of these authors, including, you know, some pretty famous speakers. And I was like, wow, this is cool. I, I like interviewing people. And then, you know, it's like over time, I've done all these webinars. I did all these trainings with Planet Ocean, which is a, an SEO training company. I bet I did hundreds of trainings on, on that. I've, and then I, I did the Technorati podcast where I did like 50, 50 60 episodes with Jennifer Wong. I've done, I, do, I still do the Venture Beat podcast with Stuart Rogers. Yeah, We've got over great. 70 episodes there. We got like 60 some odd episodes of Bad Crypto. And I've spoken at 170 plus events in the last four or five years all over the world. And the trick is, is just doing it. The more you do it, the better you get, the more comfortable you feel with you, right? Yeah. That's the trick yeah. is because most people feel so rigid and like nervous and like, dude, I don't have nerves anymore. I just get up and do it because I'm, I'm here. I'm present. Boom. Let's make it happen. Yeah. And in some cases, not very little prep just because I, you know, the, the, the experience is what helps you get better. So you don't, you don't just automatically become good. Just like Gary V. I mean, he didn't, Gary V didn't become Gary V until after he'd done a thousand episodes of wine library. Right. right? So you got to do. Yep. Yep. You know, I used to interview people for magazines and stuff in the old, in the, in the V one version of the world. And I would edit them and the texts were great and they get printed in magazines, but this is a completely different world. This is live interviewing and it's, it's just a different animal. So I'm actually yeah. going to it too. I think the wig's going to help. What do you think? That's pretty good. That's good. You know, it's funny just to show you how, how real this is. I didn't even know this was a podcast interview today. I thought we were having a phone call. I was like, oh, we're doing a podcast interview. Oh, okay, great. Let's do a podcast interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the world has changed, my friend. Yeah. I was eating in the kitchen eating, eating breakfast when you called. I, I, it was five minutes after. I thought, ah, he's not. And <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was on my Zoom instead of your Zoom. I, we got a little Zoom mix-up. But Jeff, it's been excellent chatting with you. Absolutely. And what we say whenever at the end of every bad crypto podcast is stay bad. Indeed. Bye, Travis. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out the book at makeyoufamous.co. 